Hare Krishna, everyone. Um, my name is Kishore Chandra, and uh, we are going live, myself and Jai Jagannath Prabhu. Welcome, Sham. Welcome, welcome. Hare Krishna. Welcome, Mani Blue Skies. Welcome, Alex. Hare Bull, Sundari Radha, and PD Chat. Welcome, everyone. And Gerald. So nice to see all the familiar faces here every day and every night, wherever, whatever time zone you might be in. Jai Jagannath is here. Here he comes. And then we'll start. Hello? Hi. Hello, Harry Bull. <laughs> it always sounds like you're in like a, like a refrigerator or something. I know, right? It's <laughs> loud as and fan. Uh, I'm trying to sit away from it so it doesn't sound like that. It's good. It's better now. Like right at the beginning, it was like loud. Now it's better. Okay, I think because I was like right in front of or behind a fan. So yeah. Ah, uh, so, so, so. Uh, I guess I could kick it off. Please do. I'm a little. I'm disclaimer. I'm a little like uh, tired today because I've I've been on like Zoom calls all, all day. So I'm a little like this. So, You're kick it off. Zoomed out. I'm zoomed out. Yes, I'm a little zoomed <laughs> out. <laughs> Um, so please kick it um, off and I'll get into it. Yeah, um, just to throw it out there, it is hard showing up for something every single day, right? <laughs> yes. Um, what to speak of showing up for something else, I think even harder than showing up for something else where there's like accountability is showing up for yourself every mm. day. <laughs> That's probably a lot harder than showing up for something, at least when you have to show up for something. Yeah, there's a sense of obligation, responsibility, accountability. But when mm. it comes to showing up for yourself daily, it's a lot harder. Mm. And, and yesterday's chit chat, incidentally, um, we were ending the chit chat by explaining the sort of, I don't know if you want to call it a tension, maybe it's a moral tension between collective responsibility and individual responsibility. Mm-mm-mm. Yes. And, I, and I, I was bringing up. I, what I think is a common human tendency to sort of um, use collective responsibility as a scapegoat to bypass the difficulties that you're having in meeting challenges and personal responsibility. Mm. You know, it's, it's just about, in other words, when trying to improve yourself and, and on any level, we, many of us have probably discovered it's quite challenging. And you run into like like roadblocks and on the path towards your progress. Mm. Some some roadblocks are more like mountain blocks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you can't see how you're gonna get around it, how you're gonna get above it. You know, and um, instead of just dealing with that roadblock or mountain block, as it were, you just like, hey, look at there's that big issue I can kind of attach myself to. That's mm. like really important on a on a macrocosm level like on a collective level it's like super important and yeah i'm gonna go contribute to that because that needs a lot of energy mm. so as important as a collective issue is like let's say like a major social issue is 
as important as it is, I think there is a tendency in human psychology to use it as a scapegoat for mm. showing up for yourself on a, on a daily basis. And um, mm. So I was reading something that mm. I wanted to kind of read to open up that sort of discussion between the tension between collective and moral responsibility. Basically, um, there are big issues, certainly on a social level, but just in life, there are big issues or big circumstances that we often consider ourselves to be victims of. Mm. And we blame those circumstances for our lack in any way, specifically our lack of happiness and well-being. Mm. Um, and often, it is rare that we take responsibility for our own like life choices or cultures that we've chosen to participate in. Uh, rarely do we take responsibility for the role that I have played in my own lack of happiness because it's just so much easier to blame and point the finger. And I, it's just natural. Like I do, I think everyone does it. It's just quite natural. And when mm. it comes to like big collective issues or social issues, which in principle are very hard, if not impossible to change, maybe at least in a lifetime, uh, it just becomes easier to use those, uh, yeah, as excuses to sidestep Mm. those challenges uh yeah the the you they're real issues i'm not trying to deny that they're like real big social issues there and it's easy to use that as an excuse well as a just to say that i've i've been a victim of those circumstances and therefore i have to do something about that i can't be happy unless i change those circumstances and so on mm. so i wanted to read something i was reading something today it's an essay called I Am the Cause of My Problems. Mm -hmm. And already triggering, right? Anyway, so <laughs> the going down a little bit, I'm just reading a little section here, and maybe we could use this as a springboard. Mm. Um, I'll just read this part. The immediate result of blaming others or blaming a circumstance is self-disempowerment. So we have to see, maybe unpack that. When we believe that our happiness or suffering depends on others, we forfeit our own control over it. Since we cannot really control what others do, say, and think, what to speak of bigger circumstances, and it is exhausting to even try, mm. the end result of putting our happiness in the hands of others is that we probably... That is that we will probably never be truly happy and will instead be exhausted by the constant struggle for it. Mm. Thus, the ego protects itself at the expense of our own happiness. Mm. This sentence blew me away. Thus, the ego protects itself at the expense of our own happiness. In other words, the ego's inability to take responsibility for the, the lack of happiness is itself protecting itself from actually being happy by saying, actually, you know what? I'm in charge of my own happiness. It's not the problem of the circumstances or any other person, but actually I'm in charge of that. But the ego protects itself because it's not able to admit that. So it protects itself at the expense of our own happiness. Mm. That kind of blew me away. We should instead, this is the last sentence here. We should try instead to embrace happiness at the expense of our ego 
this starts by accepting the fact that we are responsible for our own happiness and distress. Mm. All right. What are you hearing here? <sighs> I mean, I agree with a lot of it. I'm hearing, uh, I'm feeling very called out. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I think that the mind does go into those spaces. I was actually very much in, in a space like that um, kind of this morning of like, you know, as the COVID situation has happened, so much uh, loss has been there in terms of like, uh, I'm speaking specifically everything. about everything, everything. And so this morning, I kind of woke up in like a weird place this morning. And I was like, really thinking about that. I was just like, I had all these things lined up this year, you know, I had retreats and trainings and like, boom, 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 like all these things that I thought were going to, um, you know, a place where I could serve a place where I could um, share bhakti and, you know, KC and yoga like this, and also in many ways, uh, help myself uh, be a better teacher, like build my career like this. And all of that just got exploded, you know? Yes. All of that just got exploded. And I was really much in that mindset today of like, oh, like not looking internally at what was going on with the situation. And I think that this is already starting to be, this is why I chose self-isolation because like, I feel like things start to come up more intensely. Yes. And so like immediately, like the thing came up, the blaming or the pointing of the finger, like, oh, it's this person's fault or like this or this situation, or if this wasn't happening, then et cetera, and et cetera, and et cetera. And I do think, you know, we kind of ended the chit chat yesterday saying like this dynamic tension of holding the two, because I, I also do believe that it's kind of like, uh, what's the word? Like it does take two to tango, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm the only person in control of everything. And of course there are things coming into my life due to karma or to past, you know, um, to past, uh, offenses or like this and then also there are many times that and this is this is something that i'm still trying to practice daily there are many times in our life where krishna is literally blessing us through being hard with us and in my you know ignorant purview i will think that this is a reversal in life, or this is something that is being taken away from me, or this is some sort of loss, but rather it's actually the greatest gain. And this is something very hard to know in the moment. Like in the moment, it's very difficult to, you know, I'm suffering and everything's awful and I'm going through depression and whatever, so screw everything else, right? But I, um, it's really interesting when you ask people questions, I had, I, I like asking people questions, but I had, I was teaching this morning. I was teaching uh, Bhagavad Gita and Sanskrit and uh, Bhakti stuff, Bhakti yoga today and tomorrow, like six hours straight. So that was fun and intense and great, Whoa. but I know it was good. Lots of breaks, but it was good. Okay. And yeah, one of the questions that I asked uh, the students specifically was um, what has there been any like reversal or loss or anything that's happened in your life that's kind of like broken your perception of reality? It's like challenged your perception of reality, and that tends because we were talking about Arjuna Vishada Yoga, chapter one, chapter beginning of chapter two, 
where Arjuna is going through this great loss. Like he's losing everything that he thought was, you know, right. Everything that he thought how things were. And so I asked the students, uh, can you think about something like that? You know, share it with your partner. They split up into groups and then um, and share what your experience has been afterwards, like in the next year or two years or three years. Has there been any learning? Has there been any growth? Has there been any, you know, anything, anything, anything? And every single person, every single person was just like, yep, in the moment, it felt terrible. In the moment, I didn't want to do it. In the moment, I felt victimized, like things were being taken away from me, like this was being done to me. And specifically, I'm thinking about one student who, um, she was saying something along the lines like, if I wouldn't have gotten fired from that job, which at the time was such an intense financial loss for me. And it, it was very difficult for me to make ends meet at a, at a certain point. But if I wouldn't have been fired from that job, which I was clinging onto, you know, if I wouldn't have gotten that push out, I would not have uh, gone and gone back to school and studied what I was really interested in. And now I'm in a job that I feel happy going to every day and that I feel fulfilled in. And every, every single person said something like that. You know, yes, this bad thing happened then, but now I'm realizing. So I guess like when you were speaking, I was just thinking, I wish we had that like, in retrospect knowledge, you know, in the moment, because it's <laughs> like, I wish that that would just happen where I could just be like, yes, this will ultimately be good for me. So even though it seems like a sacrifice or even though it seems like something I don't want to do right now, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it anyway. Because oftentimes we go for what is easy and we go for what is comfortable. I. I uh, or, um, you know, there's this, what's that word? Complacency, you know, mediocrity, where it's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm in my, in the zone where I'm just like, whatever, this is what I do. And I'm this, I'm used to this. This is my routine. And so it's very difficult to break out of that. It's very, very difficult to break out of that. I forgot. I wonder, yeah, go for it. I was going to say, I wonder if getting a retrospective vision in the moment so you know that's what you're saying it would be that's nice what to i'm have saying that. yes nice to have a retrospection a retrospective vision in the moment of the suffering um so that we can um go through the suffering with a little bit more grace a little bit more class a <laughs> yeah. little bit more skill um, <laughs> i wonder i wonder i guess i'm offering this as a suggestion that perhaps the reason we don't, we're, we're many of us, or just the secular world in general, may be unable to have a retrospective vision of their suffering in the now. It's because they only see themselves, or even practitioners of bhakti or yoga, we largely see ourselves as material bodies and this is our only life. Like, I, I, I wonder, it's hard for me to understand this because I don't have the subjective experience of ever not believing in a reality beyond this one. I always grew up with some sort of sense that there was a reality. I mean, I, I grew up Hebrew-Israelite, which is like, that's a thing um, <laughs> I was a part of for the first seven years of my life. And then my mom became quite eclectic. So she was, it was kind of like very open to many things. And then I found my own spirituality when I was 18. I came to the Hare Krishna movement, became a Krishna Bhakta. But I, so I've always had a sense of a reality beyond this one. 
And that sense of reality, be honest, one seems to give a lot of perspective for suffering the right now. Yeah. Where you can where you can contextualize it because this is ultimately at the end of the day <clears throat> it's it's temporary. At the end of the day it doesn't really in one sense it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, it doesn't mean anything in its own right. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, so the suffering that we're going through it doesn't have any meaning in its own right, but it has meaning in terms of uh, the soul's purpose. Mm. Um, and in the in the achievement of ultimate beatitude, mm. I'm trying to sound poetic and like those, <laughs> those big words I know. So when you don't have a sense of your soul different from matter, and a sense of the soul's purpose and ultimate beatitude, mm. you're only left with the purpose of the mental states, which is basically at the end of the day the purpose of sense gratification. And so you're left with this purpose in the material world, and you're always running into the mountain block as I was mentioning yeah. in the beginning of suffering and that's going to be the lot of that sort of desire so I'm wondering I, I see this with myself at least the reason I'm not able to have a retrospective vision of my suffering in the right now is because I've lost sense of the, my soul basically mm. I'm really like fully immersed in the, the experience of the body and mind and so the body and mind is like freaking out and because i'm fully immersed in that story that is mm. in my mind i'm i'm freaking out mm. but if i didn't really lose that vision then it seems like i could probably go through with a lot more class and have that retrospective vision. like actually this is useful for the purposes of my soul and the purport yes. of this incident will become clarified in due course mm. but i know this is the purpose and so i'm going to just move through it with skill I know, would you say that? Like, on an experience, like, we know that to be philosophically true. At yes. least for Gita, for Bhagavatam. But I'm talking about experientially. Like, I know for myself, experientially, it's true that I get really lost, and especially the mental states has been, like, mm. it's been ugly. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. Not cute. Not cute. <laughs> God. You know, sometimes <laughs> when I imagine myself looking at my mind, you know how when people start like ugly crying? <laughs> <laughs> like they start off like kind of crying, oh, and you're, like, you're, like, you're like touched, and then they go into like ugly crying, and you're like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Contain yourself. <laughs> that's, so I, that's, I, I, that's, yeah, that's how I see myself looking at my mind sometimes. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Um, I was going to say that I definitely have the same lived experience as that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the extent to which I am disconnected from my soul is more that I will, yeah, fall into the modes of nature, the material modes of nature and thinking that I can get something out of that. Or if only I have the thing, or if only I do the thing, then that will finally make me happy or give me some sort of solace to the suffering. I like what Kavi is saying here that she uh, makes her own retrospective moment to get through the tough times. And she says, like, if I'm suffering to know that this too shall pass and when I'm thriving and happy in a few months a year, I'll think how nice it would be to look back and be grateful that I survived the tough times. And, you know, something I'll say about that. Thank you so much, Kavi, for bringing that up, because um, I feel like 
even though there's been a lot of suffering and a lot of like, you know, loss and all this stuff, I do think about that sometimes. I do think about like, what will 2021 look like? What will it be like in the future? And when Kavi wrote this, I was thinking of that verse um, from Bhagavad Gita, Matras Parshas Tukonteya Shitosna Sukha Dukada Agama Painonityas Tams Titikshas Vabharata. And so that the 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 happiness and distress that we're experiencing is uh, simply due to our senses, and that it is disappearing and appearing just like the seasons, just like winter and summer are disappearing one to another. And you know, talking about the weather can be so mundane sometimes, but I always find it very interesting actually, because I remember I used to I used to teach yoga, uh, like in person at yoga studios. And specifically Thank in you. New York City, <laughs> and specifically <laughs> specifically in in New York City and in cities that have like four seasons, the weather is always like this big topic. Like everyone's just like, "It's so cold, I hate it," or it's or like then it gets hot. It's so hot, this and this. And sometimes I would literally start class like that. I would just talk to them, you know, like this is such a mundane thing, yet it's so deeply um, uh, spiritual and 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 metaphysical as well because. In the moment, we're either lauding, we're excited, we're happy, or we're suffering because of this thing. But at the same time, we also are looking forward to and know that, okay, well, winter will end eventually, you know? It will end right. eventually. And right. then there will be another season. There'll be, you know, uh, blooming and regrowth and summer and then fall and like this. And it's this cycle of things and so the the goal really, and we know this on a logical level, and I'm trying on a philosophical level, and yeah, I think I'm trying, and it is the, it is the, I think the onus is really on the individual here, because we started off this conversation regarding like individual responsibility versus societal responsibility. And I think the onus really is on the individual, like how am I going to stay uh, sober and equipoised amidst the constant vicissitudes of life, right? Because life will go like this, you know? It is gonna go like this. And how am I gonna not, you know, get messy, you know? Even though sometimes you gotta get messy and it will happen, but, you know, trying to keep my dignity, trying to not degrade my uh, soul through degrading actions so much, trying to keep my head above the water, trying to keep some sort of dignity about me, you know? And I think, yeah, I'll end with that. But like, it's really the the onus is on the individual. Yes. Yeah. I'm feeling that too. I have a, a little bit, another little couple of sentences from this essay. Yes. Um, so external situations are beyond our control and are influenced by others. But since suffering is a mental experience, if we take control um, of our own mind, and not blame others slash circumstances for our problems, we will become impervious to suffering under any external circumstances. That impervious to suffering? <laughs> Sign so me up. Away, but, um, <laughs> if, if, Please. If we, if we take control of our own mind and not blame others for our problems, we will become impervious to suffering under mm. any external circumstances. But it begins with we taking control of our own mind. You know, I think about this. We're, we look at a turbulent world, 
And one thing that I noticed within myself and within the Facebook universe specifically, which I've been staying off of a lot more these days. Um, usually I post something inflammatory, then I just get off. <laughs> look at the comments later, like a week later or something. But um, anyway, um, I noticed that we live in a turbulent world, and I, I take it for granted that the average good person wants to see the world become more placated, that's not right, become more tranquil. Um, but I observed within myself and observing, in the, again, the Facebook universe, that we've become, our, our minds have become more and more turbulent, having been triggered by the outside turbulent world. And in our desire to make our contribution, whether it's sharing a post with our own comments on, on the Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, whatever it is, uh, we end up like nourishing the more turbulent, the turbulent world situation because yeah. our minds are themselves becoming more and more turbulent. So it's like, it's like putting ghee into fire and like yeah. fueling it. So our own turbulent minds basically fuel the turbulent world situation. And the more turbulent minds that get involved in the situation, the more turbulence is actually brought out in the, mm. the world situation. You know, mm. everyone wants to jump in and offer their two cents worth, and, and in, but their minds are also turbulent, so it's just fueling it. So here, if, if we take control of our own mind and not blame others for our problems, we will become impervious to suffering under any circumstances. You know, in other words, mm. read it, just reading it another way, if we were ourselves to become tranquil, then we were able to bring about tranquility in the world situation. Albeit slowly, but surely. Whereas if we remain disturbed inside, how can we do anything but manifest more disturbance? Mm. So just I'm just I'm using this in the, as an echo of what you're saying about at the end of the day, it seems that it comes down to individual responsibility. Mm. Yes, because big social issues that need to be solved and all that, but still. Yeah, that's the point that I was right about to jump on. Like, yes, there are big social issues that need to be solved and and I, I hope they are, you know, and I hope that there we do eventually live in not a perfect world because it's Kali Yuga and that's impossible, but a perhaps more fair world, a more accessible world, you know, a world that perhaps lives more, coexists better with nature. I think everyone, you know, sh we want those things and that's a, that's a good thing for that to happen. However, that being said, you know, you kind of started off this chit chat talking about how sometimes people are what's that word um yeah like holding on or hooking on to like big issues or big movements and you know it's easy to kind of just like latch on to something like that and skirt uh my own uh my own personal growth my own my own personal responsibility like this i'll give a i'll give a, a personal story um so a few, I don't want to get too into this because it's, it's not so much about like what was said, it's more about how it was handled. And uh, so I, maybe like a few days ago, like four or five, five or five or six, four, I, don't, I don't remember, a few days ago, I kind of like popped off on social media. And I usually don't do that. You know, I usually don't like throw my hat into the ring. I usually don't get into the fray. Just because, like, you know, I know myself when I get like that, and I can get sassy. 
And so, and so I threw my hat into the ring because I felt like it was my duty to do so. I felt like something needed to be said. And so I just like went a little like, bah, 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 bah. I went a little crazy. But I don't think I did anything in too much distaste. I kept things for the most part pretty like, you know, standing my ground and this is the way that things are. But it was really interesting because um, I got a lot of people, a lot, like literally the next day I woke up with like 40 messages. I was like, oh, Krishna, you know, like what have I done? And some of those messages, <laughs> some of those messages were like, some of those messages from some people were like expressing their feelings of, of hurt in uh, the yoga community or in the yoga studio. So we've touched on this before in Chit Chat, like so many yoga studios in New York are closing right now. And I'm sure across the United States and cultural appropriation and blah, blah, blah. So I got a lot of messages about, um, yeah, feeling hurt about the colonization of yoga or feeling this or feeling that or feeling not heard and whatever. And I think that in those kinds of situations, you know, it's kind of like the I am not the body argument. It's like, yeah, okay, philosophically, I know I'm not the body. But if I'm dealing with somebody or if I'm talking to somebody who has a dying relative or who is going through personal sickness, I'm not going to be like, well, you're not the body, so be quiet, you know, get over it get over it, you're not the body. I wouldn't speak to someone in that way. And that being said, I want to add a ounce of, an ounce of humanism to, to what we're speaking about because I think that, I think people deserve it. You know, the more and more that I talk to people and I've been connecting with people, I think people deserve it because the more that we kind of- Deserve what? Des yeah, yeah, I'm getting to it. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, the more that people play into kind of like divisive like dualities, like I'm on this side, you're on that side, it's really easy to dehumanize somebody and to dehumanize somebody's experience. And so what I was going to say that I think that people do deserve, um, you know, compassion, the time of day, hearing someone out if they have been hurt, you know, because I think if someone's been hurt or if someone is going through loss or someone is going through suffering, I know you know, in the context of this chit chat and in the context of my personal study, yes, it's my personal responsibility and the onus is on myself. But if I'm speaking to someone and they're like, I feel hurt, the system has, you know, because this is what we're hearing. This is what we're dealing with right now. Everyone is yes. feeling this way. I feel hurt. The system's against me. You know, I'm all the cards have been stacked against me. All these people are succeeding and I'm not succeeding. And it's for these X, Y and Z reasons. I think perhaps going with a message of like, well, you know, it's your fault because it's personal responsibility and the onus is on you to figure it out might seem a little like jarring at first, at first, yes. even though it is the ultimate message, I think, you know, I do believe that it's a kind of a, it's a kind of thing that it takes some sort of, um, what's that word I'm looking for? like mental wherewithal to arrive at that point. Yeah. Because I, I that's yeah. The, yeah, that's the point. Um, Wait, let me just finish because okay. I think yeah. I think I think that you do have to go through the suffering of detaching from your concepts of like this is happening to me and they did this to me and the world is against me. Like I think you have to go through that suffering. I think you have to go through that, you know, woe is me and everything to get to that place where I have the mental wherewithal or the mental strength to be like wait a minute, actually, this shit is on me and I got to do something about it, you know? Let me figure it out somehow. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, I was going to say, now that you're in your situation, um, 
it's your fault that you're in your situation. There could be external factors that are like devastating, as is the case for many in the world today. I've been flirting with the question in my head because, again, as you all know, I have a little bit more of a conspiratorial <laughs> edge to my thinking about, you know, current events. I've been flirting with the idea of like, like, what if we were put into like a sort of new world type of slavery? You know, maybe it's a little bit different from the the things that we've heard about in the old world, but some sort of new form of slavery. I've personally been thinking about this idea. Again, largely informed by my conspiratorial edge, like, you know, people with power want to exploit those with less power. It makes sense on a metaphysical level. It plays itself out historically, so I, I tend to think in this direction. Um, and I've been thinking about that, like, what if it's like someone's like, yeah, I'm the boss, and I own you. I control you. Now, what will I have to do in that situation to be happy? Mm. That's the question I've been asking myself. Like, what if I was put into jail, which is now a sort of talking point about new, you know, the 13th Amendment, and which is another form of slavery and yeah. incarcerate black. So I've actually flirted with that idea. What if I was put into jail right now on some shady grounds, you know, because of my color or whatever it is? And they say you have to spend the rest of your life there. Hmm. Now, that, it wasn't my fault, you know, in terms of the events that played themselves out in this life. Someone with more power than me decided to exert that power over me, and I'm in this situation. Now, what would I have to do to be happy in that situation? I've been asking myself that question. Um, because the reality is that, as we've covered in Chit Chat many times, this isn't the way of nature. And as long as humans are not cultivating higher levels of consciousness, there's always going to be some bloke. No, <laughs> why that word came in my mind. <laughs> it's like a European bloke. word. <laughs> bloke. <laughs> there's always going to be someone who's more powerful than, than, than me, who may exert that power over me and put me into a state of oppression of some sort. Mm. And there's nothing I'll be able to do about it. That's just the way nature runs itself out. And human society is going to continue to play itself out so long as humans remain largely neglectful of their inner life development. So mm. my question to myself, and it's a question I'm posed, maybe I'm supposed to go to this kirtan for the Julian Yatra. Somebody told me now. I'm supposed to leave right now. But um, I may, maybe we can explore what would I have to do in that situation to be happy? And that's when I kind of, that's the question I'm asking myself when I'm talking about personal responsibility. Mm. Not that you have to take responsibility for the circumstances in your life necessarily. Right? Mm. This was your fault, but rather this is your situation. Yeah. Now having understood this is your situation, and it may not change easily despite your pushing against it. Can you be happy in this situation? Mm. And what would I, you have to do to do that? That's the that's the interesting question for me. I think that's an amazing question. It's also been a question that's been coming up for me a lot recently. Like um not not prison i haven't thought of prison but i have thought of just like because i'm here in south america and ecuador and in very much in very much ways like reality as i knew it like yoga teacher in new york city is kind of like on pause for now who knows for how long and and i've started to ask myself the question of just like what if this is just my new reality like what if i just stay here and live here what if i have to accept kind of like a you know a, a simpler form of life what if I was just like, whatever. And I've, I've been asking myself this question. And what would I have to do to be happy here? Because yes. I think that my happiness 
is very much was very much connected to like you know doing we've covered this in chit chat so many times the doing my roles in society what i do how i like this and so i've been asking myself a similar question which is this like is what would i have question. to do this, this is, is a good question, question. think of, i'm okay i got to go but think about i'm thinking about ladies back in the day in the old world where there was like a certain sort of social standard about for genders yeah and sexes like you know if you're this sex or this gender if you're that sex or this gender and these are the gender roles and when you were born into such a world then it's just another day in the life it doesn't really bother you if you were to take like a lady from that time period and bring her to like modern times and the, what the sort of topics women complain about the women of the old world be like what's the problem like chill mm. <laughs> because they cuz they grew up in a different circumstance and so yeah. they learned how to work for their happiness within those circumstances yeah and obviously if you were to put a woman of the modern time in the old world and she would find it very pressing because she's dealing with a different sort of society and so that's the question that's fascinating for me and the question i've been asking myself is mm. like what if i'm i have a situation where i'm arrested my liberties are arrested and can what would i have to do to be happy in that situation and um, maybe we could explore this i have a lot of ideas and yes shashak i does on this let's let's definitely explore this uh tomorrow i'll be saying victor franco's book is really good on this absolutely man search for meaning this this is all about this idea yes she's saying yes to life yes okay so let's explore this more tomorrow go to julan yatra uh please please uh swing the deities for me or at least chant a hari krishna for me because i will not be in any julan yatra over here Thank you all so much for joining Kavi Madhavapuri. Thank you for all your comments, Evan, Kaylee, Astrud, Mani Blue Skies. We'll see you all tomorrow at 6 p.m. Thank you all so much. Hari Hari Bol. Hari Krishna. Later.